Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. This is day 658 of our trek, and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. For the next several weeks, we will focus on how to live with less fear. We will explore the trails on our trek of life that will help us to be fearless. This does not imply that we will reach a point where we are completely without any fear, for that is not only impossible, but also not wise. There is a time and a place for an appropriate level of fear, but most fears that we experience on a daily basis has no grounding and can be eliminated as we grow in wisdom, insight, and understanding. So our objective for the next several Fridays is to experience a fearless Friday on our trek of life. Today is our third trail in this trek covering Imagine a Life Without Fear. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. My leg continues to heal well and the swelling is much less. With the pain of the swelling reduced, the pain of the actual incision sites and implants is a little more acute, although certainly not unbearable. With a modified work schedule from the past three weeks, I do hope to get caught up on some of my client work this weekend. On Sunday this weekend, though, we are celebrating our granddaughter Aurora's sixth birthday. The years sure fly past quickly. It is an important part of our legacy to be involved with our children and grandchildren's lives. It shows that we love and care for them. In the same way, God desires to be involved in our lives, but if we allow it, fear can restrict that involvement. Last Friday, we looked at why we are afraid, and that sometimes we do feel abandoned when the storms of life hit us. Our focus on our trek for today is, does God really care? Last week, we saw the disciples of Christ in a boat in the middle of a horrible storm. Once the storm hits, his disciples are very troubled by Jesus' choice to sleep. Not only that, he didn't even wake up when the storm hit. The disciples had to go and wake him with shouts of fear. Their urgent plea is recorded in Matthew 8, verse 25. Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Mark even questions whether he cares in chapter 4, verse 38. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Many times we react in the same manner when the storms of life hit us. Fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. We begin to wonder if love lives in heaven. If God can sleep in our storms, if his eyes stay shut when our eyes grow wide, if he permits storms after we get into his boat, does he really care? Fear unleashes a swarm of doubts anger-stirring doubts. These type of thoughts that we allow to creep in and affect our minds turns us into control freaks. Subconsciously, we lash out at God and demand, do something about this storm. We may not verbalize it, but in the dark recesses of our mind, we demand, fix it, or, or, or else. Fear, at its very center, is a perceived loss of control. When life spins wildly, we grab at the components of lives that we think that we can manage, such as our diet, the tidiness of our house, the armrests on a plane, or in many cases, other people. The more insecure we feel, the meaner that we become. We growl and bare our fangs. Why? Is it because we are bad? Well, maybe in part, but mostly because we feel cornered and don't know how to get free. Martin Neumoller documents an extreme example of this. He was a German pastor who took a heroic stand against Adolf Hitler. When he first met the dictator in 1933, Niemöller stood in the back of the room and listened. Later, when his wife asked him what he had learned, he said, I have discovered that her Hitler is a terribly frightened man. Fear does release a tyrant in each of us. 
fear also deadens our recall. The disciples had every reason to trust Jesus. By this time in his ministry, they had seen him teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. They had witnessed him heal a leopard with a touch and a servant with a command. Peter saw his sick mother-in-law recover from a serious illness. They all saw demons scatter like bats out of a cave, as recorded in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a single command, and he healed all the sick. Is it any wonder that Jesus boldly rebuked his disciples in the middle of the storm? Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Matthew chapter 8 verse 26. Just like we so quickly forget God's blessing and miracles in our everyday lives, the disciples did the same. Shouldn't someone mention to the disciples Jesus' track record and review his resume? Did they so quickly forget the accomplishments of Christ? They may certainly have. Fear creates a form of spiritual amnesia. It dulls our miracle memory. It makes us forget what Jesus has already done and how good God truly is. Fear grows in our minds like a monster and fear so dreadful as if we will be consumed by it. It sucks out the very life of our soul, causing us to curl up in an embryonic state. It drains us dry of our contentment. We become like old abandoned barns, falling apart at the seams, and blown to and fro in the prevailing winds. A place where humanity used to eat, thrive, and find warmth in the days gone by. When we allow fear to shape our lives, safety becomes our God. When safety becomes our God, we seek and worship a risk-free life. We crawl into our bubble where we think we can protect ourselves from the storms of life. Can we really do anything great from within our bubble? Can the risk-adverse accomplish noble deeds for God, for others? The answer is no. A person who is fear-filled cannot love deeply because love is risky. They cannot give to the poor because benevolence has no guarantee of return. A fear-filled person cannot dream boldly because their dreams may sputter and fall from the sky. The worship of safety emasculates greatness. No wonder Jesus boldly wages a war against fear. Fear diminishes us. Fear destroys us. Christ's most common command emerges from a form of fear not. The Gospels list about 125 Christ-issued imperatives. Of those, 21 urges us not to be afraid, or fear not, or have courage, or take heart, or be of good cheer. The second most common command of Christ was to love God and your neighbor, which only occurs on eight occasions. If quantity is any indicator, Jesus understands and takes fear seriously. The one statement that he made more than any other was, don't be afraid. Jesus certainly does not want us to live in a state of fear. Fear diminishes and destroys not only yourself, but it also impacts everyone around you. Children primarily learn fear from their parents and grandparents, especially the ungrounded fear. Fear extracts a very high cost in our life spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Jesus' rebuking question is a good one. He lifts his head from his pillow, steps out from the stern and into the storm, and asks, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. To make sure that I am not misunderstood, as I said in the introduction, Fear also serves a healthy function. It is the canary in the coal mine warning us of potential danger. A dose of fright can keep a child from running across a busy road or keep an adult from smoking. Fear is the appropriate reaction from a burning building or a growling dog. Fear itself is not sin, 
but fear will often lead us into sin. If we medicate fear through angry outbursts, drinking binges, sullen withdrawals, self-starvation, overeating, or vice-like control of others, we exclude God from the solution and exasperate the problem. We subject ourselves to a position of fear, allowing anxiety to dominate and define our lives. Joy-swapping worries, day-numbing dread, repeated bouts of insecurity that petrify and paralyzes us. Hysteria is not from God. As the Apostle Paul told his timid protege in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. To be sure, for all of us, fear will come knocking at our door. Just don't invite it in for dinner, and above all, don't offer it a bed for the night. Once fear gets its tentacles embedded into your mind, then it is hard to pry loose. The more you know the promises found in God's Word exhorting us to do not fear, the more strength to lock it out of your mind. Fear may certainly fill our world, but it doesn't have to fill our hearts and minds. The promises of God and the purposes of this podcast and journal are simple. We can fear less tomorrow than we do today. God does know all about the perceived typhoons that rage within our lives. He will either calm the storms or give us peace within the storm. In our passage today, Jesus slept during the storm, but he knew all about the storm and issued his rebuke to his disciples while he was still in his makeshift bed. But then he did something about the storm. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Jesus handled the disciples quaking with a great calming. The sea becomes as still as a frozen lake, and the disciples are left wondering Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this man indeed? So secure was Jesus that the typhoon time was his nap time. He silenced the waves with one word. He answered the prayers of his disciples, and he will either calm our storms or take us safely through them. God really does care about you and loves you more than you can even imagine. Be not afraid. Next Friday, we will explore deeper into the subject of fear as we look at the ultimate fear. I know that you'll find these insights interesting and profitable in living your rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Mindshift Monday, where we will help you to live differently by thinking differently. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. You can also subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so that each day's trek is downloaded to you automatically. Thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.